Today with me, I have a special guest. Well, you know, my guests are always special, but, you know, I haven't seen this guy for a long time. It's been like nine, ten years, maybe. Uh, we went to boarding school together in Nigeria. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Yes, 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 yes. It's your boy. The one and only. Ekene Wobodo. What's up, my brother? Yo, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for... Uh, agreeing to do this first of all because i know you know it was very short notice like you literally just like he just came in from uh, america a few days ago so it was like pretty short notice um so like first of all obviously i'd like to say thank you to everyone who tuned in last week uh the itunes link worked for the first time so i didn't actually uh, I, I still haven't figured i had to check how like who listened or who didn't but I'm I'm sure that you know people. I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about the episode, so I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, without any further ado, so today I'm trying out a new format. Uh, yeah, so we're having a kind of experiment today. It's not going to have like a topic per se. Uh, hope you enjoy it. So, my bro, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, how long have you been in America? What's up, everybody? What's up, Goki? Yeah, man. You know, I've been in the States since, what, like, 2011? We graduated uh 2010. So, you know, I've been there since 2011 to now. So, what is it now? Six years? Yeah, it's about six years. Okay. And, like, in your time, like, since um, in the period you've been there, like, what is, what do you feel like you've... What's the biggest difference you've noticed between America and like Nigeria? It's uh let's see man. I mean to me it's more of a lifestyle, you know. Every everywhere you go is just different. Like, I like I've pretty much been able to like travel to like plenty of places, Caribbean, UK, uh Europe, uh Africa, everywhere. And the thing is more of a lifestyle. I think everywhere you go. You know, people have different cultures and, you know, patterns, the way they live and all that. But at the same time, you know, whenever you come from another country to a different place, it's always this culture shock. But after you live there for, like, a certain period of time, you get used to lifestyle. So I think it's more like lifestyle, yeah. Like, how in some countries they're more religious, you know, everything differs, really. So, yeah. Because I know that, obviously, one of the biggest like culture shocks for you must be like the difference in food because you know they don't have like that nigerian food but like when it comes to like university um a lot of people's you know a lot of people when it comes to america talk about the american dream like people have this this idea that they can become anything they want to be as long as they work really hard and put their minds to it like do you believe in this american dream so the american dream is true right i mean what is it? You leave your country, your foreign country, come to America, you go to school, you work hard, you have a good job, and uh, what else? 
what is the American dream? You buy a big house, you know. Yeah, like a yeah exactly. Let's say you have a car, you have a house, really. You don't need a couple of cars, but <laughs> you have a car, you have a house, and you can take care of your family, and you're okay with life. You pay your taxes, and you get your salary, and you have a job. That's the American dream, right? But to me, at the end of the day, it's true if you come to America, because I've lived there for, you know, six years and counting now. If you come to America and you want to do something, yes, you know, anything there, like, literally, is possible. You can do whatever you like, want. Like, could you give a quick example? Like, if, for example, let's say you're a child from Egypt or, like, Pakistan, right? And your dream one day is to own your own company. Probably in, like, Egypt or... I don't know the rules in all these countries, but they're pretty hard. Like, if I wanted to start my business in Nigeria... As a child growing up, you know, from, let's say, non-rich family. It's pretty hard for you to think about stuff like that, right? In the U.S., you can literally, you can do anything. If you want to start up a business, you can start it. If you want to be a barber, if you want to be a pilot, all you have to do is go to school. And everything is there ready for you to do it, right? It's like, everything is set up for you, but it's like, what path do you want to take? You can literally, you can be anything you want to be. You understand? You can be a doctor. As long as you follow the path, you make the best grades. You're going to be a doctor. You can be a lawyer, engineer, whatever you can be. Right? It's not like a system in Nigeria when you take JAMB or, you know, any other course or whatever the examination guidelines are. For those who don't know, a JAMB is like the equivalent of the SATs oh, yes. in America or oh, yes. the A-level exams in, in Britain. Right, and it's not like Nigeria where you take jam and depending on score, they just throw you to any major, right? Some people want to be doctors, but they study what botany. So it's like, you know, in US, you want to be something, you get the grades there, you're in. It's automatic, you know, and you just keep doing what you want to do to be what you can be at the end of the day. So it gives you that, that opportunity to do what you want. Now, like... Because, you know, I've, it's been a while since I've been in Nigeria. Like, obviously, a lot of things have changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people. Obviously, I, you know, I have a lot of family members in Nigeria. And um, one thing I notice is, like, with each conversation I have with my friends and family, it seems like that idea of having a Nigerian dream fades away a bit more. Like, every time it seems like the hope... It's just com going away a bit more from their voices, you know. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I mean, to be honest, what is the Nigerian like to you now? What is the Nigerian dream to you? We, I'll have, I have my own definition, but I want it from, I want to hear from yours the Nigerian dream. All right, so like it would, my my idea of a Nigerian dream would obviously be quite warped because I haven't been there in a while. But when based on what what do you think? For, for me, for me, to be honest, when I was a kid in Nigeria, my a dream, Nigerian dream for me was having a house that was your own, like um, a house that you didn't have to pay rent for, having like car, like a car, maybe two cars, you know, quite things that because you know you don't think about it that much, like just having a house where you can have permanent electricity first of all, you know, twenty four seven, like having security and just feeling like I could. You know, I could be something that, you know, anything I wanted to be in life, really. Right, right. But to, to me, basically, to be honest with you, I don't even have a definition for Nigerian dream. You know why? Because I feel like there's, like, no dream there. 
that's how I feel. Like, there are a lot of kids there that want to be, like, doctors, pilots, I mean, whatever you want it to be, even, like, a magazine publisher, right? But, number one, they can't even dream it, right, to start off, as like, because of things you mentioned, like, you said, there's no electricity. There's no electricity. So, number one, they can't even use computers or nothing. They're in the dark. So, from pretty much 5.30, guess what? They're in the dark to the next day. So, productivity for, like, 12 to 14 hours a day is gone. There's only productivity when there's sunlight or when they have to go to school. After that, productivity and creativity shuts down. So if you think about that, there's really no dream. All they really dream about is, oh, just going to school. But after school, what? Nobody thinks about anything external. And pretty much me to us like that, right? I mean, like in Nigeria, all I really wanted to do was just go to school and graduate from college. I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I wanted to, to be honest, me personally. Now I'm in technology, but... I wanted to be a soccer player. That's what I wanted to do, right? I mean, I went to college and became an engineer, but my dream was to be a soccer player, right? It's not, and I didn't know any other person that wanted to, like, start up a company or, you know, even the girls that said they wanted to be pilots or lawyers, you know, after they take their jam, they just throw them in anything, home economics and things they're not even interested in. So when you think about that, I don't think there's a dream. Why? Because of the economy, right? Every child or every person can have the dream, but it's not like the American dream where it's, oh, get a job, get a good job, you know. There are no jobs there. There's nothing going on there. So there's nothing to set up for, you know, people to dream. Do you understand what I'm saying? Damn, man, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like, I remember when I was in Nigeria, my, my, dream, was, um, <laughs> my dream was to be a rapper. Right, exactly. Like, that was, that was my dream. I, like, every, you know, for, for so many years, but... It got to a point. Obviously, it felt like you're making, you're you're wasting your actual time now. Like this is a waste of your time, and you know stuff like that deflates you and just makes you feel like if it's it's not possible, I might as well just focus on doing other things. But yeah, um, we're gonna call it time on the first segment because um, you know we need to give you guys time to hear the music one more time. <laughs> All right, tune in for the next segment. Peace. Once the economy is sustainable, right? Now, they don't have to worry about any other thing. Now, they can worry about creativity. There's no creativity when you're lacking in different parts of your life. Everything has to be, like, really balanced. Then you can create, right? You can't be in the, you can't be in the dark and be in the heat and, you know, not having light and, you know, being broke or poor. You're just going to be stressing yourself all the time without being creative. Or, I mean, at the same time, I can say you can be creative and think of a way out, but... Are, these, are they even, like, learning the things they need to know to even, like, put them in a way out? In Nigeria, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is not even, like, taught. You know what I'm saying? This guy, oh, it's just mass English, right? I'm just, in America, if you, like, know how to 
let me say, like draw flowers. They will encourage you all the way. Like by the time you're 20, you'll probably be a graduate of like art school and you become like a mosaic like designer or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just the little things they just appreciate. Like like even over here and even in England, like um, I they have these schools, they have colleges where if you're good at like plumbing or you're good at engineering, right. mechanics, right. stuff like that, mm-hmm. they have these schools where you can go to and just improve on your craft you know and i've taught in a few of these schools and what you just see in these classes is constant encouragement for people regardless of what it is they're doing like people even in woodshop or hairdressing you're encouraging these people like it doesn't matter what you think this like this can get you anywhere the reality is just work hard at it and you can earn an honest living right but i feel like in nigeria for example the focus is so heavy on the end product but not on getting you know, the process to get into that product, Mm -hmm. to that end product. Because I feel like a lot of times people forget that when you achieve something, it's not just people look at the achievement and that's what they focus on. They forget that you had to take a whole journey to that achievement. And it's that journey that that where you use your actual skills. But I feel like a lot of times in Nigeria, the focus is more on the end, the end, like, oh, look at him. He has a car, he's a doctor. Nobody cares about the process he took to get there. Like, so what do you think is Nigeria's biggest hindrance to like having that dream? What do you think is our biggest obstacle? I, I mean, that's like so simple, right? I can easily say, the, I mean, there are like 100 different answers to that. I mean, you can say the government, you can say uh, poor leadership. I mean, but to me, definitely, I mean, it's pretty more of like non development in the youth for any system to grow whatever nomenclature you use i mean whatever standard you want to use right if you don't develop in the youth nothing is going to happen to the, the society is not going to grow right if you want a big flower or a big tree guess what you have to buy a seed right and grow it but you have to develop it you have to invest in the youth like put all your resources and development in the youth because if these old guys keep doing all these things, right, they keep, like, the leadership and everything, they're not developing in the youth. When they go away, right, who are they passing shit on to? Nobody. The next set of people that will take it have not been developed. So guess what? It's just a cycle of poor leadership the whole time, right? It will keep coming, non-development, keep coming, non-development. Country gets what's worse, right? So, you know, when you look at all this, like, first world countries, I mean, pretty much, even the guys that are going to be presidents from, like, pre-K, they already know. Start training them, taking them to best schools, Columbia, Yale, whatever, Stanford, whatever the situation may be. But they start training them from when they're little, right? They develop it. They put a lot of investments in these guys. And you see they have, like, great leadership everywhere, right? I mean, government is still government. They're still the same thing at the end of the day. But... You have to invest in the youth, right? Yeah. The youth, they're the structure, they're the foundation, right? They're the ones that are going to grow the country 10, 20, 50 years from now. So I think once investments and, you know, development is put into the youth. And when I say investment, I'm talking about, like, schools, you know, I'm talking about gyms, talking about, like, proper hospitals, you know, proper health care, you know, all these little things, you know, even just good water, you know, just make sure they're healthy alone to start off. Then, you know, kids dying from, you know, typhoid or fever or some, 
So I'm sure just make the environment clean, you know, just those little things you're investing in the youth, you know, they see all those kind of things. They're like, oh, our country is getting better. How do I make it better myself? You know, create jobs, you know, increase pay. So many things you can really do. So, I mean, I think investment in the youth, I think, is very, very, very critical. It's important, you know, very integral. Uh, yeah, so I think that's, for me, that's really it. Mate, that was elaborated so so wonderfully, man. Thank you so much for that. Like, like it's it's so like you know from what you've said, it's so important that the youth, like people, understand finally that the youth are the leaders of tomorrow. Like when I was in when I was a kid, there was this song we used to sing um, when we were marching. Yeah, we marched <laughs> like military school, but right, yeah, right, right. it was like. <laughs> It was like parents listen to your children. We are the leaders of tomorrow. Try and pay our school fees and give us a sound education. Now, the saddest part of that song is this: the millions of kids around the country every single day singing that song, and yet nobody seems to be listening to them. The people are just standing there and watching, listening to a nice sounding song, but nobody seems to care about the actual message of the song, which is stop neglecting us like stop neglecting us because what keeps happening is nigerians will go to other countries and excel and then the country will try and claim nigerians back but if you don't neglect us now you know like we can you know we can be great there you know yeah, I mean, I clearly, uh, you know, I feel very strongly about this topic because obviously, you know, I'm Nigerian. It's a, <laughs> it's a big. Well, Ekemi, I remember you said, uh, I remember in the conversation we had earlier, you mentioned a big difference between the way in which America um, hones in on talent, like in the sports industry, compared to like in Nigeria. Could you like, you know, elaborate a bit on that? Right. I mean, I mean, in the US, I mean. Once they see talent, I mean, I'm talking about like raw talent, not even developed. You see, you have just a sign or just a flash. You have a skill, it's, it's done, done. Like, they'll just grab you and just work with you to you become a beast. That's pretty much what they do. They, they are like the masters of nurturing people. Like, in years, they just see, oh, you're flexible. They will turn you to an Olympic medal, gold medal gymnast. I mean, they see that you can dance. They will turn you to an all-star Hall of Fame ballet. They see you athletic, they're going to throw you in track, throw you in basketball, throw you in American football, throw you in soccer. They will put you in all the possible options for you to succeed. Then you take the best one out of all of them, right? They don't joke with talent. Very, very important. They build on talent. They see you're smart or, you know, you win a spelling bee competition. They're going to make you a PhD student and make you a doctor so that you win a Nobel Prize for something. And in contrast, what do you, in contrast, um, to the, if you contrast that system to the Nigerian system, what do you what what do you see instead? Oh, it's sad. It's, I mean, I don't. To be honest, I don't even want to explain it because they will see talent, right? You see all these kids, all these whiz kids. I mean, they're winning like multinational like competitions, and nothing is done. They just give them a check. Even the check, they, their families probably don't even get the full pay. They just give them a check. They don't monitor them. That's another thing with um 
the U.S. and Nigeria. Once they scout you, your whole information is going to be them. Throughout your whole career, they're going to monitor you and be giving you advice. But this one, after they do, you win one competition, that is dead. If you if we see in another competition, fine. They won't say, oh, this guy, we need to work on him the whole time. Every month, he needs to be doing this and get up to here to develop and stuff like that. Nah. No monitoring, like, it's done after each competition. They just want to expect you, oh, you're smart. Figure this shit out and become Einstein. So it seems like it seems like structuring is yeah is definitely one of the biggest issues. Oh, definitely, I mean definitely. If the structure is not there, as as I said, those other countries have structures. If you don't have a structure, that's it, right? You can just do it however you want to do it, right? Say, oh, him, whatever, here. And but if there's a given system, there's a pattern that is is country follows pretty much that's what they're going to use right but when there's no structure in the government in the society in the people in anything right nothing is going to happen you know so there has to be a structure giving rules and hey okay this is going to be the agent agency for youth development and this is what we're going to do to whiskey this is what we're going to do to athletic children this is what we're going to do to mini geniuses this is what we're even going to do to less privileged kids right make sure we get them through school and this and this if there's a system they can get to this university and study whatever to be honest anybody you don't have to be actually even be a genius or anything just a regular person i don't think i'm a genius i don't think i'm the most athletic guy in the world i don't think you know i'm a english or you know a maths uh genius right i'm just an okay guy you know i'm a regular guy yeah i study engineering now. Exactly. Very, very. I mean, <laughs> even though I did engineering and stuff like that, I'm like he, he pretty much the easiest guy, easiest going, simple guy you see. Nothing really special about me. I'm just pretty tall, and I don't even play basketball. So it's like you know, I mean, you don't even have to be any of like a super risky. As long as a child, you should be given the opportunity to see what you can do. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's really it. That was wonderful. That was Ekene expressing his inner voice. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Noah. I haven't seen this man. It's actually not a man. I left him I left him a long time as a boy. Now it's a man. I haven't seen this man in uh, over six years, man. Good to see you, Noah. Thank you for having me on your show. Voices. Our inner voices. Our inner voices.